You are listening to a special episode of the Bondzilla Podcast. This week, we take a deep dive into everything Godzilla. Hello, everybody. It's another deep dive edition of the Bonzilla Podcast. I'm Nick. I'm Will. And uh, we're back for more Godzilla-based discussing. Discussing? Good old discussing. Discussing? Get a little that that southern accent in. That was a southern accent? I mean, like, I didn't say it in the southern accent, but like, if you were... What's with this Kentucky fry draw? Uh, but if you were writing a southern character that's how you would definitely write the word discussing um i was able to see knives out um at a uh drive-in um like a couple weeks ago uh so that was fun i took my girlfriend to go see it and it was just interesting because she hadn't seen it right and uh obviously i'd seen it so for me it was interesting for a couple reasons it's interesting because anytime you watch anything mystery anything with a twist yeah but mostly a mystery like that it's always fun to see somebody else watch it when you know what's happening that's what my reaction was when we watched it for the podcast right It it was very much seeing like what you were and were picking up on and then also just um watching it again it being my first uh full watch through since mm-hmm. the since the first time um i had seen it so so that so that was that was really fun um though i was having a conversation with her and um and this said we had sat on the mo- like the, we had seen the movie like a while uh, a while ago so at this point like we had sat on the movie for like a couple weeks and then i brought up i brought up benoit blanc for some reason yeah and then, uh, oh, it was it was something like, oh, like something's a mystery. We need to bring in Benoit Blanc. And then she was she was not she was not impressed with Blanc. Uh, well, no, it wasn't like she was fine with him. The way that she put it was she was fine with him in the context of the movie, but he is not somebody that she would want to like have in her life. I mean, <laughs> he's a lot, which, which I thought was. Yeah, I which I thought was really. Funny. I mean, he, he is a drama mama, as uh, you know. He likes he likes to milk the moment. And it's not that that's like the number one thing about that character. About how it's easy to go into that movie, especially just because of the way it, it was like marketed and the little you knew about it. And it's also Daniel Craig, and and I think it's like a testament to like why the movie is good and why that character works is that you would think you would go into it and it would be like such like a self-important like asshole character you yeah. know what i mean like kind of like you're in in a sense like an off not an off-brand but like like how sherlock is like sometimes the, portrayed like the the benedict sherlock right for, right for sure yeah like good like morally good person but is so such a prodigy and yeah. like a master at solving crimes that he's detached from like you and, and and it's essentially just like a jerk. Yeah. Where like 
the, the what's great about the Benoit Blanc character is like he's a goofball. Yeah. Like he is like a huge dork. Yeah. And like, you know, with like the scene when they go back and he's singing in the car and, right, and, yeah. and everything. And so it, it was just another when yeah. rewatching it, it made me it made me think about mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I definitely agree. And it's definitely a fun movie to revisit, I think. just And, and very much, I mean, it, on the basis of both just kind of seeing the whole plot come together yeah. and, and, and all, like, the stuff that's set up and stuff, but also just on the basis of seeing, like, the characters again and enjoying the little nuances yeah, yeah, of, yeah. All, of all those performances. Well, it's definitely because, like, you know, in any type of mystery like that, it, it, it's funny because the... The specifics and the plotting, like, again, I would say the plotting of it isn't as rewarding the second time around. But mm-hmm. that's kind of like, if you're going to make a movie like that, that's kind of to be suspected. Yeah, yeah. So, so. It's still good, but you're not going to have that same. Well, what visual. makes it good is, like, all the characters are great and the interactions are great. Yeah. And, like, and, and like just the energy of the movie is, like, just super, mm-hmm. super, super duper fun. Yeah. Um. But um, but yeah, so that so that was that 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 was really good. Have we ever talked on this show what would be like? Because the reason I bring this up is because drive-in movie theaters they're like double features. Yeah. Uh, did we ever talk about what like a good like Bond Godzilla double feature would be? Have we, we have, ever? We've have never we ever we've never that? brought that up. It's an interesting proposition. Um, I'm trying to think of just off the top of my head what would be like the best like fit because like the problem is like thematically like you really can't fit any of them but unless you do like moonraker and space godzilla <laughs> i mean i was gonna like i honestly think that you could probably do i mean you would either have to do it similar time frames mm-hmm. so you'd have to do like you know like Mecha Godzilla and Spy Lovely, like those kind of mid to late seventies, mm-hmm. something like that. Or you just have to, you would have to go wild, like Mecha Godzilla, and then for your eyes only because they fight the underwater like right, robot. Right. Like you'd have to right. go. Or yeah. honestly, in terms of double features, like you can theme it. Or if it's like you just got to pick two like fun films to to watch. Yeah, like. Yeah, that's a hard one. You yeah, you go for the I, heavy, I like the heavy reboots. You could go for like Shin and Casino Royale. Yeah, that that's true. But one of those movies is much better than the other one, though. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but uh. I mean, it's like if you're going Bond, it's like you know, you, you got to be, you know. Well, it'd be the more interesting one is like if you had to do the double feature for you to either one of them. Mm-hmm. Because, well, I mean, even at that point, like, I don't know. Like, if you were to do Bond, I would say, just off the top of my head, it would be, like, um, Goldfinger mm-hmm. and then probably one of the Craig ones, like Casino Royale, yeah. probably. If you were just going to do those two. Yeah, if I were, like, to like to really get, like, this is your money's worth of Bond mm-hmm. in one evening, no fuss, no muss. Yeah, and to sell it, because people will want to see those two. Right, right. Whereas, like... Um, Godzilla would be kind of a tougher one. Because the issue is, is that you do kind of want to... Because Goldfinger at least has, like, that classic Bond. Like, it's got the gadgets. Mm -hmm. It's got the names. It's got the villain. It's got the tropes. 
and then and then uh, Casino Royale is like the modern cool one. Mm-hmm. Like, th- there's so many different. Like, I don't want like you wouldn't want to do 54 and Shin because no. that's just kind of like a downer the All entire right. time. I got it. I was uh, Ghidra, three headed monster, and Mothra ninety two. There we go. That's it. Yeah, yeah. That that you okay? Yeah, you get it. you you nailed it. Yeah, perfect. That's Actually, exactly the, double feature. No, monster. that's that that's a perfect double feature because those because those w- would be like the two definitive eras, I would say, of Godzilla. Yeah, honestly, like if I were to do a double feature, I'd probably just do. I, if I were to do a double feature between the franchises, I'd most likely do some scenario of doing like a 60s Connery matched up with a 60s Godzilla. Like right. I, I would just do like like Goldfinger and King Kong versus Godzilla. Like, like that's just I feel like that would be the way the best way to go about it. Because I would probably do like Goldfinger and Ghidra. Yeah, that would be. A, I, I think those would be what because they're would both do. gold. Yeah. <laughs> No, uh, I mean, like, I, I, I only said King Kong because I already said Ghidra for the other one because I didn't want to, like, you know, a Ghidra, yeah, but like, Ghidra's a good. But you're right, like, in the like those two, I think would be like the most definitive of what you think of those franchises as. Yes, like yeah. ones like kind of crazy, fun monster mash, and obviously it's one of the be- be- better Godzilla films. Yeah, and then Goldfinger's obviously it's Goldfinger. Iconic, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's yeah. The, the no, I think I think that would be the way to go because otherwise, again, you're you're basically like either stretching for thematics or you're just matching up a different era. Like right. you're matching up like. You know, you're matching up with '70s with more, or you're matching up, you know, uh, you know, one of the Hayes Sierra films with Brosnan or something. Like that's basically like what you're doing yeah. at that point. Uh, or just match up uh, Mothra with uh, whatever they stole the score from. Oh, uh, yeah. uh, you only live twice. Yeah, <laughs> huh. that'd All be right. funny. Then, then, then you're then you're you're uh, musically connected. Mm-hmm. That would be fun. All right, that'd what be about... great. All right, one last one. Casino Royale 67, Godzilla 98. That, I, I was going to match up, do some sort of matchup like that. Yeah. Like, just something, because I was trying to think of what Bond movie is completely stupid. Yeah. And, like, that. that's, yeah. yeah. So that that would be, Though that'd it just, be good. It does make me think that I would legitimately want to see Never Say Never Again in a crowded theater. I hey my my feelings on never say never. No, I'm just saying like I would really enjoy documented. to see like because that's the the best thing about seeing like old movies. Like I actually put when we when I I did the new Bev like mm-hmm. make your own screening. I put never say never again on there matched up with a, a shot in the dark. Um, and it's legitimately because like I think like the coolest thing about seeing like those old movies in a theater is just being in a crowd. You know. Um. Like, I go back to just the, uh, like, when we went to see Goldeneye in that crowd. Like, mm-hmm. that definitely enhanced that experience of just seeing, like, people laugh at the same things you're laughing at and enjoy. And I always go back to, like, my, when I went to go see That Darn Cat, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. And, like, it was always a movie where it's, like, I've seen it so much just on my own or, like, showing it to you or my friends. But it's also, like... I've always been like, oh, this is like the one weird thing that I like, you know. Mm-hmm. And then seeing in a crowd where everybody's like laughing at the same jokes and getting into it and and actually like getting into the action, it's like, no, like this is actually a great movie. And I feel like that's a lot of things of um, especially like when those screenings are always usually fun. And and if anything, like now that I think about it, like it, like you know, I love going to the theater and, yeah. and the movies and everything. It's just that sometimes. 
crowds can just be unbearable um to to the point that I, i've walked out of movies because the crowd is just too much um but one of the things that i do kind of regret especially now that in these what do all the ads say in these troubled times unprecedented in these times. Like, if i see one more ad that like says that yeah oh, like oh god anyway so but one of the things that is i i do kind of regret not doing more now that like you know the whole like theater stuff is up in the air right now is going to more screenings like that because when you go to screenings like that for the most part everybody's kind of on the same page right they're there to see the movie right yeah and uh and it's you, also like a lot of times like those theaters because they're smaller or have an easier time policing that stuff too right um you know when you go to like but I, i've still been to some screenings and you know there's still some jackholes oh, yeah. but uh, of course yeah uh but it is but it is funny because like you go and, and see the movie and like everybody is like on the on the same page i mean actually you reminded me of this because you've been knee deep in it for a while but we went to go to like that double feature of like frighteners and reanimator yes and uh, with jeffrey combs like uh, being there as the speaker yeah so like everybody was there for like the same yeah. reason mm-hmm. and it was this perfect mixture because uh, i had seen both films and it was this perfect mixture of everybody like of people who hadn't seen it before but a a lot of people who had seen it so like they were getting ready for certain jokes and they were like experienced it it was just because that that experience for me i I was at that same screening Mm -hmm. and i had seen the frighteners but i had not seen reanimator and reanimator i ended up very much enjoying yeah Um, i mean because you definitely feel like it's an un it's an unexplainable feeling where you just feel the celebratory nature of it like even if you haven't seen it yeah like some other like some other like i think like i mean there's so many examples of this we went to go see goofy movie that was a very similar thing where it's just like oh, yeah. y- there was there was a good amount of people who had seen it so you, there's just this palpable energy of everybody's coming to see this movie that everybody's familiar with and, they, and, and that you love and yeah i mean uh, yeah it was the same thing when i went to see three caballeros at the disney lot mm-hmm. and it's like everybody's there and it's like people haven't had seen it but you were there to celebrate an anniversary and, it, and it's just like enjoying just the atmosphere of it yeah um, it's why we should start a theater. Mm-hmm. You and I, this part, like we'll just. Program. I mean, now's the best time to do it. There's get never, in. there's never been a better time to get invest in, in now. The and theater. then when everybody, you know, next year, everybody will want to go back to the movies. Uh, so, and then we, uh, sp- speaking about m- going back to the movies eventually, someday, uh, yeah, someday, uh, movies uh, are slated to still come out uh, in some possible future one, one of which uh involves a uh, a giant ape and a giant lizard duking it off uh with each other indeed right, right? that's how you say it yeah duking it's, it and off. it's been it's been a good while since we've truly done like a full update like since it first got delayed yeah like from when it originally got delayed um from from march uh to november uh now and that was even way before right. all all this stuff that was just a, a regular normal delay right. uh from that from that age but we've we've definitely discussed you know whether it'll get delayed again and and you know obviously the the general nature of movies during this time we've discussed a multitude of times yeah. on the podcast but we really haven't gotten a solid update and discussion about this uh, next legendary film uh, so I th- we I definitely think it's time for us to kind of talk about it a little bit more. Yeah. So I, I I was thinking for this deep dive episode that 
we'd really just dive deep into everything that we know about uh, Godzilla versus Kong thus far. Yeah. And some of this we had kind of touched upon uh, before, but there has been some related news that has been like you know released out there that we haven't quite touched on, mm-hmm. and um, you know it it is kind of like funny because it is really the only excuse me Godzilla project that is in you know in our view like right. uh, yeah so um, yeah I just thought it'd be interesting just to go back and well, like I mean, and it a- was also like I was thinking about it the other day about. What do we actually know about the movie? Yeah, because it is still a movie that is there is a shroud around it, um, because just because of the nature of just it getting delayed originally, just no trailer, no real poster. Yeah, like you know, we kind of know, we know obviously director, we know kind of cast stuff, but like like what 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 is the breadth of our knowledge on uh, this well, next it, Godzilla project? And then and then the funnier the funniest thing about it is that. And then this is due to a bunch of different issues that we've mentioned before. Um, but I'm um, sorry, just pulling up a piece of information right here. Um, it, it, there there was a time when it really did feel that the legendary MonsterVerse was gearing up. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, it felt like there was a momentum that took kind of a speed bump and now it's kind of lulled completely, but really due to no fault of its own, it's due to everything going on right now. It's like like pretty much every movie. I mean, we we had a friend who was like, "Wait, is, was was Black Widow coming out this year?" <laughs> like we had we had a friend. Like it was just like kind of funny to think about. Like you know, I mean, we were supposed to have two Marvel movies this year, and, and, now, and, and, and now and now we have one. We were when, whenever that that would. We be. We were supposed to have one Fast I mean, Nine, I, and now we have no Fast Nine. That was yeah, because that was this past weekend. That was supposed right? to be Memorial yeah. Day weekend. Yeah, yeah, I, and another thing that is, um, that makes this a worthy conversation, and we have brought it up a couple times, is that our listeners often do bring it up and it, and it's really the only thing kaiju twitter can talk about right now there is i mean just- i mean all of movie news is it's it's either it, it's all it's whatever it's like kaiju twitter can only really talk about is this movie getting delayed again or not <laughs> right well it's just like i mean it's like movie twitter and sports twitter are in the same rut right now where it's just like we're all just waiting for something to happen and at least like, yeah but at least sports twitter is like well, gearing up like it's, at like le- it's starting at to like, and like hey movie studios are getting directors on new projects now too so it's like there's some yeah but that stuff. never stopped i mean they did it though no it never stopped like i mean it's like well, projects I mean, and everything kept going i yeah. mean it is it, but it, it yeah but it's just like i mean like that's kind of the thing though it's like you know at least like sports twitter had like the last dance and everything like movie twitter has really been no no they're not because well basically everybody's trying to wait and see if Christopher Nolan's tenant is going to cause the second uh, wave of COVID that everybody's worried about. Like, if, <laughs> that's what's going to cause Coming it. to theaters. I mean, Christopher Nolan will let you watch it on your phone over his dead body. Yeah, no, he, he, he'll never do Which is funny because... Because I, the I trailer like to, premiered in Fortnite? Well, I, well th- that too. But I also like to think, like, in this office, like, he's just so much of a robot that he doesn't understand, like, that there was, like, another option. Like, his programming just... By the way, I talk about Christopher Nolan as if he's a machine. His programming doesn't allow him to understand that 
they may just push the movie back. He's just such a fearful machine, which I know he's he's more of a cyborg of sorts. Um, that's very elaborate because he does have some emotion, and that's fear. And he and he's so fearful that they'll put it on a phone that he's like, it's got to come out in June at all costs. And then there, and then meanwhile, the studio's like, no, we, we at, at worst, we were just going to push it back a couple months. He's like, no, you were going to put it on a phone. <laughs> <laughs> this is a new character i should come up with like, robot christopher <laughs> cyborg no well nolan is a is a robot you know i'm 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 doing him a favor by giving him is the that cyborg bit. like is that why you know the the message of love at interstellar is so blunt because it's a robot trying yeah. to- oh you don't know this is my like thing about christopher nolan is that christopher nolan is a machine like and to me, this is not a dig. He makes good movies. Like I, I li- listen. I've had my wavering thoughts about Christopher. At one Nolan. point, he was like your guy. He was my guy. He's not quite my guy anymore. But every now and then, I watch Dark Knight and uh, Inception, and then I'm like, and um, and Memento, and I'm like, no, no, no. This guy makes great movies. But ever since I saw Interstellar, and the big twist of the movie is that love. The whole point of the movie is that love is a weird quantifiable force and you realize like wait was this whole movie made so Christopher Nolan can explain love and like so then i was like oh i get it he's a robot yeah i've never explained this to you i you might have i've just completely he's a, he's a machine and there's so many we things we just haven't that, talked about Christopher Nolan in this type of depth th- in th- so there's long. so many things that point to it one is that he is um is that um inception is ultimately about like masterminds of the brain who are able to create elaborate uh fake realities with their smarts in their suits but then those pesky emotions aka Cobb's wife they always get in the way and they ruin it <laughs> like all that guilt comes in the way and all those human feelings and the, those human emotions and those love that comes in and gets in the way so there's stuff like that and the fact that you know how everybody makes fun of like Marion Cotillard's death in Dark Knight Rises. Her death? Yeah. Like how she dies. Like she like dies weird. Like she like her death scene is like is not is not the best. Anyway, the whole point I, I, is it's funny, I just I can't remember her death. <laughs> I remember the twist. Like, I don't re- remember she's like in the car, like the car crashes and they open it up and then I don't know, Batman says something about like where's the remote or whatever, and then she's like she dies she dies in the car man oh, I th- oh okay anyway so i thought she I, I forgot she got in the car yeah she was because she was in the truck with the bomb and then the truck crashes and then she dies but it's always everybody goes back to like her death is like not good like she doesn't perform it well and that's another example where i'm sure because marion cotillard's a good actress but Nolan chose that one because death is a human experience and he doesn't he can't compute how that works so he just picks the worst take and you can't say no to Christopher Nolan anymore. <laughs> what about Dunkirk? Th- th- that's that's the prime example. <laughs> He's just spewing historical facts. Yeah, it's just like yeah, I mean it's like listen, like all right, we're going to put this scene here and then we're going to put this scene over there and then you're going to cut to the past and you're going to cut to the future again and then eventually it's all going to make sense. And guess what? Nobody can say no anymore. <laughs> All right, let's get back on track. <laughs> Until Christopher Nolan directs a Godzilla movie. Yeah. No. Oh, wait. Hmm. No. 
Don't want it. I know you don't. Don't want it. I know you don't. I don't even want him to make a Bond movie. He's already kind of making Bond movies right now. Like, what if Bond movies but time (laughs) is basically Tenet? Times and dreams. Basically, that's it. Um, What was I talking about? Oh, so anyway, so... Basically, yeah. So the whole notion of like, when are these movies coming out? Is is Godzilla versus Kong going to be right? Like delayed or whatnot? My my opinion on movies now is just really not to have any on your docket. Personally, um, I, mean, I I think that, and and we had kind of said this like like back in March was that. You know, it's not unheard of. Like, I actually like am, am optimistic to the point of like, you'll you'll see movies by the end of the year. I, I think I definitely like. I'm at this point just the way that things are progressing in terms of, you know, like, you know, obviously sports without fans is coming, but you know, theme parks and other things are starting to open up in some places in the United States are getting ready to. I still think that like by August people yeah yeah i think I august is gonna be like you know because that's like mulan is still like slated for like end of july beginning of august and that's still like the first one and not and not to go back to it too much but like you did make the joke about tenet saying coming to theaters when the joke was that it was going to come out in july right and the fact that it was changed to coming to theaters is very telling yeah and not in an, in an exaggerated but, way but it's like there yeah I, I i think a summer I, movie season is not happening no i think i think late july august at earliest um but i think i i think those movies that are right now obviously like the things since they'll move but those movies that are slated for like october november and december i think are i'm thinking are staying put there yeah i mean um, i mean like i mean in terms of like bond i think will come out in november black widow will come out in november like those movies are certainly for sure, sure, sure like like coming out this year yeah and i think for me it's it's mostly just like it's still all up in the air about what exactly is coming out that's kind of my mm-hmm. point of view. I actually think that you're probably right. I think you're like Bond and Black Widow are like pretty safe in terms yeah. of like they, they'll probably stick. Right. It's just like, because I think those movies that moved, I think, you know, I think it's really what still is the question is the movies that were there before, mm. you know, because it's like, that's what happened to Inhumans and humans got pushed and right. that's what happened. So like the movies that move there, I think, are pretty safe that they're not going to delay those again. Like, right. Bond and Black Widow and all that fun stuff and, and that really crowded November-December period right. now. Mm-hmm. But, like, the stuff like Kong is, like, the things where it's, like, that could still possibly move around somewhere because, you know, that's just, just the nature of what's going on right now. So, speaking of this film, um, that is all talking in the present. But let, let, let's talk about what we actually know about uh, about this film. And I, and I thought it would be fun to hop into the Wayback Machine and just... Back to 1933. Not that far. <laughs> well, we overshot it. <laughs> <laughs> this is just turning into a... Like, this is like a preamble to, like, our King Kong. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was about to... I, oh, I was almost about to say that there hasn't been time travel in a Godzilla movie, but that's wrong. That's completely wrong. Yeah, Miki went back in time. Mm-hmm. Miki. Um, all right, so we're going all the way back to 2015, um, in which um, specifically in like that period of um, like September, October uh, 2015, um, and uh, I think we had mentioned this a little bit when we were talking about Legendary, uh, but not because we haven't specifically talked about Kong uh, Skull Island, but... Um, Kong Skull Island in uh, September uh, was a f- 
officially moved from because that was already on on the slate it was coming out and then officially that moved from universal into legendary mm-hmm. um so already with that rumblings of all right well kong and godzilla are now under the uh, same roof the same like manner. you know are they going to do anything with that and then shortly after um in uh in october legendary did confirm that they were indeed going to be making godzilla versus kong um and that came with the entire announcement of that they were going to be making kind of like this series of interconnected films is that they were making kong skull island which was our which was on the way and i believe I can't remember if that was around the same time that the trailers were like coming out for Kong Skull Island, because Kong Skull Island was twenty seventeen. So it was in the first year of our podcast. Yeah. So we, all right. So that may have been a little a little earlier. Um, I mean, this announcement maybe came a little earlier than like the trailers and everything, yeah. but. Um, it was all in our minds and it was kind of like we knew kind of what they were going to do with it because I think a lot of like the influences about like the time period were starting to come out. Um, but then it was like, all right, then they're going to make a sequel to Godzilla and that it was all going to culminate into Godzilla and King Kong versus Godzilla. And I also remember at this point, it was also around the time when the chatter about like you know these big movie slates was like really starting to like get into yes. overdrive and then you know it was gaining a lot of um like famous attention and infamous attention at the same time you know because there was like the big conversation of like everybody was i mean because this is in 2015, so you're getting it to the end of Phase 2 of Marvel with, like, Age of Ultron and Ant-Man and coming the, out that year. And, and that then, universe has definitely become, you know, and it's like, the universe, the Marvel universe is definitely, like, is here to stay. Mm-hmm. And I think the most important thing about that was the success of Guardians, and I think really shifted what people thought, because everybody, you know, everybody has always said about Marvel, like, oh, this is the film that's going to bomb, this is the film that's going to bomb, but everybody had their eyes on Guardians, where it was like, oh, nobody knows these characters. Isn't it funny how there's low-key just become, like, even, like, the detractors are just, like, at worst, they'll be like, all right, the next one's out. Yeah. But there was that conversation where it's like, this will well, be the one that ends th- it. There was always a conversation of what's going to be the failure, and that was all focused around Guardians because it was like, oh, well, like, people kind of knew Captain America and Thor and Iron Man. Right, like, right. You know, because, you know, at the beginning of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, it was like, nobody knows who Iron Man, Captain America, and Thor are, and then those films were successful. Avengers did gangbusters, you know, biggest film ever. And then it kind of, okay, well, those people kind of knew those characters, but, like, nobody knows the Guardians of the Galaxy. But when Guardians was, like, a very successful motion picture, it really did kind of shift the course of, like, oh, like, they, they build up these random characters off the backs of Marvel and, and the films before it. So the Cinematic Universe, I think, really gotten the gear and you know you're right and i think that's also very interesting because not i mean even before the the pandemic stuff i think that we saw like 2015 in that era was the peak of like we're we're like got like a three-year four-year five-year plan here is all of our dates and all of our movies coming and then i've already you know you've already seen like in 2019 you started to see that part kind of get scaled back a little bit where it was like oh like we're really only focusing on like the next like year or two at most because i think people did see that you know films would get delayed or shifted or 
plans canceled and stuff like that. And it was just like planning that far in advance was just not conducive. Yeah. As much. Well, uh, the biggest thing is also like that was it was 2015. So that was also the year where they did the big, you know, um, um, El Capitan presentation. The phase of, three reveal. Yeah. And like, here are all of our movies planned out for like the next like couple years, which was a huge, like, and it wasn't at Comic Con. It was like a, like, kind of like, it, it was like, it, it was like a Disney Marvel event. Yeah. And, and, and when you think about it that way, that really was like a big moment. I think we kind of look at it as something kind of cute now, but it yeah. was kind of like a big deal that like, regardless of the franchise that a franchise had gained such notoriety and, and attention that it could kind of host this thing where it's like here's our next series of movies we're going to present them with fanfare and like and we'll, we're, we're going to introduce like you know they introduce black panther right and, and, right and it was a big deal yeah. so and 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 people and the civil war thing yeah and then people care that was the thing it's like it was like a, a yeah. big deal for like movie movie going on on that scale and so we were, I, we were all so excited for Inhumans. <laughs> were we? <laughs> were we? About as excited for the cyborg movie. <laughs> Which, um, but um, but it around it was around those like that time or within like the next year or two. Yeah, there was I think more of that attention to because there was already brewings of like everybody wanted some of that Marvel like right. magic. Everybody well, like, wanted to do the connected universe thing, but not only was, was in it there, we were we, dark universe was just a glimmer in our well, eyes. Well, no, so that was what I was going to mention is like you know, so you have these movies not only being like, all right, we're going to do the connected universe thing, but now we have to let you know yeah. that we're going to do that. Yeah. So it's like and. Kong, and then Kong, and then the and then the legendary universe kind of fit into that too. It's yeah. like now it was a little bit different because I don't think that legendary marketed it that way. I think that they they had it out in the ether. Like, listen, this is what our plans are. Mm -hmm. But you're right. Like the much joked about and kind of a punchline now the uh, dark universe was kind of um, defined by this is like there was no one movie it was always like we are going to make the dark universe yeah. and and it really is like you know and i know we're probably a broken record we mentioned this many times and and it really is a a, a study of like the two different routes you can go now fortunately like not to say that like you know in our eyes we like the movies but not to say that like you know the legendary godzilla universe went off to be like this huge Marvel level of success, but I would argue, and I believe you would argue too, it's like as a series of films, just ultimately, first of all, had way more legs. It has way more movies. Um, you know, it's going to have four movies to its name where Dark Universe only has one. Um, and, uh, but yeah, you can just see the difference from the movie where it's like sold itself on, we're starting a franchise versus, all right, here are our movies. We're making kind of, each of these movies at a time and we're just connecting them. Well, yeah, I mean, and I think that that's always been the key. You know, we've mentioned this many a times, but I think that is a key. And I think that's where this conversation kind of helps out because obviously like we talk about 2015, well, 2014 was Godzilla, you know, and it very much was, we're doing this one Godzilla movie. This is kind of what we're presenting to you. If it's successful, you know, we'll do sequels, we'll do more. And I think that what was nice about Kong getting transitioned over to Legendary was very much just that, okay, now we have something else to build towards and we can also do this movie and do it on its own and market it on its own. And then, you know, then that's at the very end, post-credits, you know, 
you know, and you, you, you establish like the monarch stuff and, and we'll, we'll someday we'll go into skull Island more deep divey. Um, but you know, at, at the end of that movie, you have the post credits and that's when you can start building it up. And I just think that, that, you know, even if it wasn't intentionally the way they did it, you know, if, if what it was, I'm just saying that like, you know, maybe Kong wasn't always in the plans, you know, maybe it was, or it wasn't. Um, well, no, I think it was. I mean, I, I think I, I just think again, well, I just, it's I just the think, approach. Like, my, my, my thing, what I would say was like, let's say Godzilla wasn't like the big hit. You know, twenty fourteen didn't do well. Sure, like, sure, sure. Like sure. it wasn't like Kong was predicated off of like, oh, we have to make sure Godzilla's good. They could have just if Godzilla was like okay, they could have still done Kong and like you know just like those old original. Marvel- I, I I think there's a there there. From everything I've seen and have heard about, like the makings of these movies, is that there seems to be a sense of yes, I, I'm sure in in the details there was a little bit of like connected universes are fun and exciting. Like let's try to do a little bit of that with this movie. But I think if you look at the differences between Legendary and and also the specificities of they do let they let each of those movies yeah. those filmmakers do their thing. Uh, I think I don't think you can really argue against that. Um, but if you look at Dark Universe versus the Legendary, Dark Universe said the quiet part out loud. Like, yeah. they said and put it out there, like, this is why we're doing this, is we're making our universe. And at no point was that ever. Like, yeah. we've, joked, we've joked about, I think, like, if, if you were not in the know, the Godzilla teases in the post-credits would be, like, a nice, like, treat if yeah. you were not in the know about, like, that that was for probably like the general audience, like their reveal mm-hmm. of it. But I mean, we've gone on about like the I would mean, I honestly it. would love to go into like a deep dive on Dark Universe someday, somehow, some mm-hmm. way. Just like that original image that they had of Wait, all the actors. Did we ever joke about this? Like doing like a podcast where you talk about the Dark Universe as, as if, if those movies happened. I honestly would love to do that, <laughs> especially if we like again we pulled out like some weird like oh yeah like like. You know what would be the guardians of the dark universe? Yes, like, yes, uh, yeah. But I've I've always wanted to know and explore like what that Avengers movie would be. Oh yeah, what the Avengers of the dark universe would be. It's such a mystery of like how I've you. Always, get the- I, I for some reason I always thought it was like Van Helsing is the villain coming to hunt them down, and they're like we got to team up against Van Helsing. Or like <laughs> like Van Helsing's like a John Wick type character, but for monsters. Actually, man. We could have gotten some cool movies out of this. Anyway. I don't know. We, I, I, I'm wondering, though. I'm wondering if it would have been some weird thing where it's like Dracula's the villain yeah. and all the other monsters have to team up to fight That's Dracula. That's more likely. My idea's better. Um, so, all right. So, we get into, so we do get into 2016, and then um, so uh, more dates um, are established for these films. And then this was around the time where, um, yes, so the dates and the slates were made definitive, and that's where a lot more of the conversation about, like, you know, um, are the, you know, it it is funny because there's a lot of the conversations about, like, you know, the dates and everything, and, you you know, I I, I, I think there's good arguments on both sides, and it's kind of like a coin, uh, like, toss of, like, if it works out or if it doesn't, and it depends on what kind of creative you are. But though we have seen over the course of the last couple of years is flexibility in those dates as well. well like, yeah. It's like, it seems more and more that studios are more comfortable with like switching a date if they have to. Absolutely. And I always go back to, uh, for this example that like 
the differences in like the Disney presentations at the D23 Expo like those years were like in like the peak 2011, 2013, even 2015, like right about there, they would like, here's our next, you know, six animated movies and here's like our next three remakes and all that sort of stuff. Whereas now, like when you go to, you know, and they would preview it and they would bring the people out and then you'd inevitably, you know, like infamously like the good dinosaur had its whole saga of like D23 announcements and and delays and stuff like that. Whereas like in comparison, the 2017 and especially the 2019 presentation was very much lower key of just like this is the stuff that's coming out the next year. Like, there was no real, like, reveals of, like, oh, we're doing this movie, and here's the director. It was very much like, okay, well, here is your look at, um, you know, Mulan. Here mm. is your look at uh, the next, you know, Black Widow. Like, it really was, like, they really was, like, everybody's, like, oh, are we going to get footage of, like, teases of, like, Guardians and, and all this stuff coming out, like, in two or three years? Like, no, like, they focus in. I think that's what was the trend anyways in Hollywood, where it's, like, a lot of times now, if they if they date something, it's like untitled DC movie, untitled Marvel movie, or untitled Disney movie, so that it could technically slot in whatever is ready for that point. Right, definitely. Um, so then we move on into 2017. Uh, this is the this is the year that um, uh, Kong Skull Island is finally coming out, and um, in March of 2017, for this film. Uh, legendary uh, puts together a writer's room for for this film, mm-hmm. which kind of gives a little bit of credence to there is a level of like, all right, like we do want to build up to this movie and it's a big crossover type movie or at least the closest one they have. So like, let's try to like break like the best like story that we can or some, or in it, it, it was really pitched more as like the let's bring together like the best ideas for mm-hmm. what we could do with this because you know, they, there was no intention of just like remaking the original uh, King Kong versus Godzilla. They wanted to come up, and then it, and then I th- do believe it's because there was a level of freedom given with like the other films uh, that there was like some that so they had to organically come up with something, but then also like they wanted to get together just some minds well, yeah. to like how can we hit this home as best as we can. Well, especially because you have, and again, we have had this point where you have Godzilla in the modern day and our one appearance of Kong was in the 1970s. So it's right. very much like a discussion of like, you can't just do, right. you know, the original Kong versus Godzilla and, and again. What's funny about this is like, so the writer's room, um, actually J. Michael Straczynski was in this writer's room, which I think was really funny. Um, was Michael but, Bay in there? No, he was not, fortunately. <laughs> um but it was under the direction of uh, Terry Rossio making uh, his big uh, comeback into the Godzilla family yeah. since his unproduced uh, story, uh, uh, Janda Bomb. Film. Like I said, like Rossio and Elliot. I mean, it was just Rossio, I think, at this point. But they work best with other people mm-hmm. and working and, on and, other people's and, ideas. And Rossio's talked about working in the writer's room. And it's kind of like a lot of the same buzzwords that you kind of hear uh, when people positively talk about a writer's room. It's the same, like, it's like a campfire and everybody's, like, pitching a- a- around stories and-, and everything. I mean, really, at the end of the day, it- it's like like a TV's writer's room. Yeah. Like, r- really, like, it- it's funny because I think that um, – a lot of people can kind of like whinge at the idea of like a movie having a writer's room, even though like, you know, all this TV that everybody seems to love so much, like that's what they're doing every day (laughs) on those. Yeah, (laughs) It's not just one guy writing a bunch of scripts. But also like 
film and TV, like it's too, you can't like film and TV. You can't. No, you can't. You no. can't. You, you can't do it. it. It's just impossible. <laughs> like you have to like if you like the if you like the golden age of TV, you just have to write off film. <laughs> if you want to go to the movies, can never watch TV ever again. Um, um, sorry, that just made me laugh. Um, so uh, so yeah, so uh, first they set up this writers' room, and then soon after they announced that Adam Wingard is set to direct uh the film. Um, so Adam Wingard uh goes on to do all of his all of his interviews uh regarding the uh regarding the film. Can you remind our audience like what he's done before? This yes, as well? uh, Adam Wingard is a um I guess it would be safe to call him another one of the horror directors breaking into big time. Um, filmmaking um adam wingard um is a well just to give you a sense of um just what he's directed some of his most notable works are your next uh, and the guest um he's directed uh horror segments for vhs one and two um and his most recent films uh include uh the 2016 blair witch and uh 2017's uh netflix death note um and he has a bunch of other credits to his name but those would be what his uh go mm-hmm. go-tos are. Um have you and have you seen any any of those films? Seen the guest. You've seen the guest. Yeah. Cuz a friend of the podcast, one of our friends of the podcast really likes the part guest. Of, part of the friend cast. Um yeah, Adam, Adam Wingard is interesting. He he he's um he he he's um 50-50 at bat for me. Yeah. Um I I think that the guest and your next are really good. Um n- not so much the Blair Witch. Um and that's kind of like that's the one I kind of look at because it's kind of like the one It's funny because his ones with properties I don't love as much. Mm-hmm. And I know it's but it's twofold too because I know that the go-to argument for that is that oh well he's working with properties. He should just be working on like original stuff blah blah blah. But I would argue that I also don't hate that Death Note movie as much as everybody does. And I would actually argue that if it leaned into more of the weird stuff that differentiated it from the source material, it actually would have been like a cooler adaptation of the source material. I actually have heard it from a couple different people. Obviously, I know that that has... What have you heard from it? I've, 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 I, you're not the only person that like likes it more than people say about right. it. Yeah, it, it could be. I'm not that attached to the original. Like I, I I've like, seen the original source material and I like yeah. it, but I, I'm not as attached to it. Yeah, where, I feel like that's always the thing. Yeah, with especially with within the you know yeah. the anime community. Especially. Yeah, it, it's one of those things where it's. I do feel like it, it does get a little bit of that. I do know that the people who really dislike it are people who do like Death Note. Yeah, and not to say that they can't differentiate it, but to remain as objective as possible, there are some like kind of offbeat kind of creative decisions that he does make in that movie uh, that I think, oh, that's cool. I wish you did more of that yeah. in, in, in the movie. And th- this could have been, like, something uh, really interesting. Um, but, mm-hmm. um, so, yeah. So, you know, he, he you know, once again, one of those horror directors coming up. Um, in But, I mean, you know, those first two movies are really good. Um, so I really don't have too much really else to say. About, no, I just, about I just Adam thought like, like where, like what, like other films he's done. But yeah. he's, he's done interviews as you were saying about the, the movie. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, so he goes on to talk about the movie, uh, as, uh, he, he was at, uh, Comic-Con where he was making a lot of these, uh, a lot of these interviews, 
But um, I'm pulling up the quotes right here because I am so prepared. Um, one thing to mention before, was this in, or did they just give the notes? I think before this, um, during the writer's room process, that Michael Doherty and Zach Shields, who were already on board with doing Godzilla King of the Monsters, were also participating in some little touch-ups and rewrites of like the of the script. Were they at that point? Yes. Yeah, they were involved in some points because I think it was all because um legendary wanted to maintain some character and thematic consistency throughout especially those two movies Mm -hmm. because i think they did have the sense where you had the two standalone movies and while king of the monsters was going to be a standalone movie in and of itself that it was going to have more connective tissue into uh godzilla versus especially the way that that movie ends and knowing you know if you know that movie is going to end on you know that final beat of godzilla king of the monsters and then the credit sequence of like the world's great again right um you know, uh, I think, like, you definitely need, like, well, where is this going to lead into our, our next one? Um, so, um, so Wingard had spoke that uh, he was working on the outline for the movie. Um, they said He said, we're going in very great detail throughout all the characters, the arcs they have, how they relate to one another, most importantly, how they relate to the monsters, how um, and how the monsters uh, relate to them or reflect uh, them and what's going on in the story. Wingard also spoke about his approach to the monsters, stating, I really want to take those characters seriously. I want you to be emotionally invested, not just in the human characters, but actually in the monsters. It's a massive monster brawl movie. And with that comment kind of like confirming that it was going to be a... that Godzilla and Kong were not going to be the only monsters in the film. Which it's funny going back through these quotes, knowing kind of what you said about King of the Monsters, where it ultimately ends up. Um, There's a lot of monsters going around. There's a lot of monsters going crazy on each other. But at the end of the day, I want there to be an emotional drive to it. I want you to be emotionally invested. And I think that's what's going to make it really cool. The other thing that uh, Wingard did uh, definitively say is, like, I want there to be a winner. The original film was very fun, but you feel a little let down that the movie doesn't take a definitive stance. People are still debating now who won in that original movie, so I do want people to walk away from the film feeling like, okay, that's who the winner is. And when speaking about Kong, uh, Wingard had stated that um, that uh, this uh, – well, a couple things about Kong – um, was that he was very grateful uh, that he had an easy out from uh, Kong Skull Island with the simple line of "He's not done growing yet." Yeah, <laughs> and uh, he said that was the uh, th- that was the easy out line that. Uh, so they're like, okay, whew, that that solved the the, the, the size, size problem, problem. Um, and uh, that this Kong, uh, given that there it would be taking place in modern day, uh, was going to be. Uh, um, uh, let's see, more rugged and aged than the Kong that we see in Kong Skull Island, um, which I think we had expected to uh, some right. degree. Um, so yeah, it, it, it's it's fun to hear to, in retrospect, hear all those comments. Mm-hmm. Little did we know how, because my because I remember when hearing those, like obviously I'm waiting for you know Godzilla, because I, I think out of the movies I was waiting for King of the Monsters most because at that point it was like dude yeah like. That movie's going to be fun, like, you know, it's going to be Kong and Godzilla duking it out, but, like, this is the first time we're going to see Ghidorah and Mothra and Rodan, like, that, I need to see that one immediately, but in no way did I ever think, like, it was going to end with, like, oh, okay, well, monsters reign supreme now, and, like, that's where the movie, (laughs) that's where the movie is going to pick up. 
Oh, sorry. Were you going to say something? No, no. I just think that it's definitely interesting to hear those and just talk about like the concept of, you know, monster brawl and, you know, really making sure that it's like, you know, putting them against each other. Other monsters could possibly get in the mix. And will it be other, you know, it's still like the question of like, will it actually be other recognizable monsters? Will it just be the the other kind of, you know, um, will Behemoth make an appearance again? I hope. I uh, hope. I want to see Behemoth. Uh, but, like, will it be the other kaiju and titans that were in King of the Monsters? Will there be some real surprise there? You know, it's just, like, kind of, like, the teasing, you know? Right. And it really is because, like, these are the quotes that we really have to go off of uh, for this movie right now. Um, the same year, Joan Vert Roberts actually uh, talked uh, talked about a meeting he had with Adam Wingard, and this is what he had to say. Um, because they met about the consistency between uh, Robert's movie and Wingard's movie with Kong. Um, Talking to Adam made me so happy because he, in particular, really understands the kind of anime, manga, mech sensibility that I'm trying to bring to Kong. He gets that, and that was something that I I fought so hard for and was so difficult to sort of realize to life through concept to execution with ILM. Uh, that's one of the things I'm most proud of with him. I think he truly gets that, and he truly wants to lean into this version of Kong, and that, and this version of Kong that kind of was born from my crazy and stupid video game brain. Yeah, he's got plenty of freedom to sort, uh, to sort of play around with how he wants to play. Uh, play with the character. I always joke. I always joke that my Kong was kind of like a character in a Shane Black movie, in the sense that he just gets beat up all the time by the end of the movie. He's just battered and scarred, so he's kind of got this reluctant protagonist vibe to him. I think Adam's willing to take that anime thing and do uh, what he needs to as he squares off with Godzilla. Um, and then, obviously, a very Vote Roberts quote. Vote, like Vote Roberts is like wears inspiration on his sleeve uh he's an like, interesting dude yeah like, he really is I, I, going back to his like discussion on you know his live tweeting his half-life tweeting of of kong skull island him have you st- listen- i know i brought this up a couple times have you listened to the commentary I have for that not yet okay um, yeah but i am definitely eager to I, i've been in a con commentary mood mm-hmm. so that might be something i do soon but it's also like you know and and it it's very interesting to hear just very much like this is seemingly, especially because it is like a smaller set of films too. And especially with kind of the, you know, it's like Godzilla and, and Gareth Edwards. It's like that film still is kind of its own thing. And I feel like really like Skull Island and King of the Monsters are like, you know, I feel like hearing, you know, Doherty being involved and Vote Roberts still kind of, you know, put having a kind of his input in these meetings and Wingard, you know, talking to all these people I feel like there really is kind of a collective there, or at least that's what it feels like, that there really is a sense of like the three directors like doing their own thing, but still kind of having a mind meld, as it were. Yeah, definitely. Um, and it and it's also fun just hearing from Vote Roberts, because Vote Roberts is very much like a super dork when it comes to anime and video games and all that stuff. Well, I mean, he's still trying to do this Metal Gear Solid thing. Right, like, exactly. All, all these years later, yeah. it's like, it's, it's still... But, but also, just the artistic sensibilities of them and within, oh, yeah. within Kong and, and, and everything... So it's interesting to hear him pretty much give his endorsement that like that kind of angle will continue to be um, like seen going forward um, uh, with Kong and and it's kind of like hopefully something that I do want to see. I think that we kind of had said that like Kong like um, 
Godzilla versus Kong needs to have some of that more um, Skull Island energy yeah. uh, to it. That, and I, I think that Skull Island energy and like that type of style, I think, mm-hmm. would like not like aping it like completely, but just that the way that the movie presents itself, I think, is very important. And you also get the sense that Wingard is very much in tune with like the genre of movie. This is obviously he wants some emotional sincerity to it. He wants like uh, a lot of the the stuff to matter within the movie. And I think that that's been consistent with all the directors in the legendary films. Um, but also the sense of humor he seems to have with it. Like he's when he posts about Kong versus uh, when he posts about Kong, for instance, like on his Instagram, he's posting like the one of like Kong being like lifted up by the balloons. Like so yeah. he, he's definitely not shying away from his at least his recognition of how silly like the source the, the source material is. Mm-hmm. Um and I and I think he's actually like really proved of like, you know, oh like that that's kind of what made all of that stuff uh really, really likable. Um let's see. So um, then we get into 2018, and then now we're starting to hear about all the um, actors that are going to be in in the film. So um, this would probably be a good time just to kind of like talk about who is in this film. Yeah. Um, so we um, well at the time, uh, Zhang Zhang Zi, who um, plays um, uh, what's her her character? I forget her character's name because she was there were two of them. And I don't want to get her character's name wrong. Uh, Dr. Eileen Chen, um, who was in Godzilla King of the Monsters. Uh, she was um, the um, one of the monarch scientists. Um, at that point, we didn't know who she was playing in King of the Monsters. So it was kind of revealed like, oh, she's going to be in King of the Monsters. And then she's going to also uh, reprise said role in, uh, in uh, Godzilla vs. Kong. Um, and then um, other returning characters would be Kyle Chandler as Dr. Dr. Mark Russell and um, Millie Bobby Brown as Madison Russell. Um, and they they were going to uh, continue their characters in. Some notes about Millie, Bo- about Millie Bobby Brown's character is that while it is extremely vague that the character of Madison may go on a journey that decides which side will she ultimately team up with. <laughs> We have not much to go on. <laughs> it is interesting, though. Like, I, the, it's the, one of those things. As before, you said that my thought was like, is it going to be a situation where they're in it a lot, or is it going to be kind of like they're there to connect, but then you know the film focuses on other characters? Like, it's it's one of those things. It, it's hard because I get no sense. Like, there's so little sense at what like the level of like the cast is going to be. You know, you know what yeah. I mean? Because well, it, it it really is too. It's just like again, it's just we're going off of just casting and, and the most vaguest of plot descriptions. Like yeah. we really don't even have, you know, because again, we we have we we'll talk about we really don't even have a true poster you know we kind of have that kind of art thing yeah that, that kind of the, the only thing anybody can post <laughs> right. uh, for a con uh, but it's just like con. we don't have that we don't have the most we like we have the most vague pre king of the monsters basic synopsis for the movie oh which i can read for you right here it was released in um when was it released it was re- released in november of 2018 uh in a time when monsters walk the earth humanity's which, wait, what? No, this couldn't have been 2018, right? January, wait, no, 2019. When didn't King of the Monsters, when was that release date? King of the Monsters? So it was 20. Did we, did we have that synopsis before King of the Monsters came out? 
Maybe we did, and we just like. Well, I mean, to be fair, like that was a very that's still like monsters walk. Like right, right. But it's funny because like the end of the movie is kind of spoiled in this, so it, it, I kind of feel dumb that it never occurred to me. I just thought it was just like, oh, I mean, monsters exist. I thought it was just yeah. Like no, a I mean clar- that's that's what you. Would, I think you're supposed to think. At right, this right. Okay. So in a time when monsters walk the earth, humanity's fight for its future sets Godzilla and Kong on a collision course that will see the two most powerful forces of nature on the planet collide in a spectacular battle for the ages. As Monarch embarks on a perilous mission into uncharted terrain and unearths clues to the Titan's origins, a human conspiracy threatens to wipe the creatures, both good and bad, from the face of the Earth forever. I think a lot of the evidence for what's going to happen in this movie is starting to pile up, uh, but we'll get into that in a minute. Um, I, I actually think Millie Bobby Brown may have like i think this is complete conjecture but if we're talking about level of role that she would have in the movie i think i would suspect she's going to have the level of role that sarazawa had in king of the monsters yeah that's where, what i'm feeling where not necessarily like the main character but like maybe like a character with enough like with somewhat of a central role if that and, makes sense she goes up to like the king kong and like Goodbye, old friend. <laughs> now, what she's going to do, she's going to get between them and put out her hands, yeah. and then she's going to stop fighting. This is, this is the movie where she's going to get her psychic powers, yeah. because remember when, when both of us were oh, like... Oh, we were so... We dude, were so... I, we, I think we were ready to put money down on that, right? We, we were you, so certain that, like, yeah. oh, like, she's going to have some sort of communication, and technically... Technically, she's able to communicate, just not... Not med- psychically. Not psychically, no. That's so funny. I'm glad you brought that up. I completely forgot about that. Um, I don't think Kyler, Kyle Chandler is going to be in the movie that much, though, for some reason. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm thinking um, that... Um, I, am, I am glad to see Dr. Eileen Chen back, though. I, I think that's fine. Like, I, I actually am kind of sad that that whole crew isn't just yeah. being brought over, because that was one of my favorite parts of that movie. Right, yeah. Is, like, I just thought they finally, like, honed in on a solid, like, this is the Monarch crew that you want to see in all the Saturday morning cartoons. So I'm mm-hmm. kind of... I'm kind of upset that it's not just that. Though now you just want to make me see a Saturday morning cartoon of that, right? Of, of them, right? Like with the different <laughs> monsters around the world. It could be the tie-in. Like we we're wasting all the, they wasted all this time. There could have been an easy tie-in, yeah. uh, b- between these two movies. Um, but we do have a main character, um, Alexander Skarsgård. Um, he will be playing a, a geologist who works closely with Kong. Um, Skarsgård described the character as a reluctant hero who is not an alpha, a badass, or a, or a badass, and he's thrown into this very dangerous situation and is definitely not equipped for it. Um, there is more... He, he, he talks about the, the role a little bit more, which I thought was interesting that may shed some light on it. Uh, yes, here we go. Uh, he is a good guy. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, he's a good guy and a likable guy, which I was quite ready to play after a row of dark characters, but he's also not boring. What I liked about it was that he is a reluctant hero. He's a geologist who's not tough or brave or an ex-marine or cool or really a strong leader. He's nervous and uncomfortable, and he's thrown into this crazy world that he is not equipped to deal with. And I, and I think that that is kind of – I liked hearing that, especially like when you get somebody like Alexander Skarsgård. But mostly because I do like this notion that this, these legendary movies have kind of been really almost like particularly moving away from that trope of like 
military like guy at the head yeah like and i mean they 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 uh obviously the military is kind of at the forefront in 2014 but they kind of subdue it with like the type of character but there does seem to be this like effort in the legendary movies that like the scientists are like the good characters mm-hmm. and not the good characters but your lead characters like they're they're kind yeah. of like the eye the the eyes in which you see the film through and and i think that's funny and it's also interesting that you have like a character who is going to be coming from the kong side uh, of things yeah that's that 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 uh notion is very intriguing because it'll be very interesting to see you know again because the whole thing about um like what is the knowledge of skull island and kong and stuff at this point especially because one of the other things is at the end of king of the monsters you know there was a kind of this hint that all the monsters were kind of congregating on skull island so does it like get renewed attention, you know, because obviously within Skull Island, all we know is that the the people who escaped Skull Island seemingly, you know, didn't come out and tell the world, you know. Brie Larson's not posting photographs of Kong everywhere. Right. Um, who knows? Will we ever have, will we ever find out what happened to Tom Hiddleston and Brie Larson? Um, I think we'll ever find out probably in one of these novels. I think, I, I think... I do think I remember, if I remember from the live tweeting. I think an older version of Tom Hiddleston's character is hinted in one of the comics. I got it. Yeah, that would make sense. I, I that would be, but that would be like a crazy, like like kind of Easter egg, like or like a surprise cameo, like an old, like one right. of those characters. Would you cast an old person or just put Tom Hiddleston in old makeup, like they did Guy Pearce in uh, Prometheus? No, I. I- <laughs> Uh, no, I, I think um, I honestly may just recast, and and there's already um, precedent for that with um, with, uh, yeah, with, with that, the character from Kong uh, showing that, up in in uh, King of the Monsters. Yes, where they just well, that, that's kind of the thing. It's like we definitely have a precedent that these people still work for right. Monarch in some form or fashion. Um, yeah, I definitely I would go with the recast because doing the Guy Pierce way is just dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Prometheus is not that bad, but like that was kind of dumb. Yeah, that that's not that's not the uh, that's not the, the the most inspired choice. Um, and the only thing I can think I can see from all the evidence with Monarch, because obviously we have the synopsis that Marno- Monarch would still be playing a role. Um, it kind of sounds like Alexander Skarsgård. If I had to guess, this is where we get into speculation territory. Maybe like playing just a geologist studying Skull Island because maybe Skull Island is on the map now so yeah. so maybe he Yeah, he definitely doesn't feel like he's he's either like with he's not he's either not with Monarch or he's like very new into it or maybe it's like a new like recruit because there's so many new monster activity type of right. thing. Like it's either like he's definitely not like a Monarch. It just doesn't seem like he's like a monarch regular it either seems like he's outside of the world or it's just entered it the closest thing i can see to a uh, monarch character is aiza gonzalez uh who's described as a very smart woman behind a company um that's how she describes her character um and like i can only maybe assume that that's monarch um i mean it could be you know like the same type of evil thing that's in pacific room uprising where it's just like I'm like a Third smart party. W- yeah, there's probably like I'm a smart woman ahead of this company, and I'm sure there's stuff on Kong Skull Island. Yeah, you know, like th- this is now the time when like a UN is going to establish some or- other like rival monarch force or yeah. something like that. 
Um, but other car- other actors who are in the movie that we do not have any confirmed role yet is uh, Rebecca Hall, uh, Jessica Henwick, Julia uh, Julian Dennison, um, and Lance Reddick among uh, among many others. Oh, and Brian Tyree Henry, who um, that that's great to see him in there. Um, but um, good old Lance Reddick, <laughs> uh, who's in the movie because uh, he's buddies with uh, Wingard. He was in he was in the guest um, and. Reddick and other things. Reddick has, uh, has actually talked about um, being in the movie and openly admitted that like he enjoyed working with Wingard again, uh, but could not tell you about like what the movie, how the movie's going to turn out, what it's yeah. going to be, because you know it's a big you know spectacle driven film. So um, I, I I'm even expecting he's probably just going to be like some sort of general or yeah. like some sort of like a, politician, a, a character that's like in the movie for you know has a role but is in the movie for like not that. Yeah, much. It's going to be a character that you're like, yeah, that makes sense that Lance Reddick played that character. Yeah. <laughs> um, but. Uh, just kind of like with all that information, so we have our cast of characters, we have our very vague synopsis. Is is anything coming to mind about like what what you, does does this spark any imagination in you? The far? only thing that I still think, the only thing that I really think is possible, just in my head, and it's a movie I thought I've had for a while. Is you basically do. Like, this is, like, the traditional Kong 33 story where it's, like, he's taken from his island and that's how he gets off Skull Island. Like, I feel like it could be the 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 woman behind the company or it could be, like, you know, some some disruptive geological force and maybe, maybe it's, like, um, uh, Skarsgård's character is, like, you know, seemingly good intentions on this force, but then they they take Kong, and then he has to like abandon them and go to Monarch and be like, I ha- we have to save Kong type of thing. Mm-hmm. But I feel like like that just seems to be the most likely scenario of like if Kong Skull Island was like complete opposite of like every other Kong story we've ever had. I feel like this is, is going to place it more into that traditional Kong story of like he's forcibly taken from the island. And then stuff happens, and he fights Godzilla. Mm. That's like basically what I. But they're unless because it's, it's someone like you know, the synopsis was like, oh, they're gonna like try to get rid of all the monsters, right. and maybe so they're gonna nuke Skull Island or right. something because all the monsters are there now. Yeah, I. It, it is interesting because it makes me think about how much did we know about any of the cast leading up to King of the Monsters? Like, I'm trying to really remember at what point were we able to really start piecing together like this is who this character and, and really honestly probably not until trailers started coming yeah, out yeah i mean that's really where cuz it's cuz it's also very different because like with these other like big like when you do like the marvel movies or dc or even dark universe it's like you're casting all these roles as like you know into familiar roles you right, know it's right. like we're we're going to get you know tom cruise as like the mummy guy and we're gonna get right. like you know johnny depp's like oh invisible man so we got that or it's like brie larson's captain mar you know we kind of get that or it's like and the also thing about like, these godzilla movies the thing about these godzilla movies is like unless there is a returning character like millie bobby brown or kyle chandler or ken Watanabe in the last movie every godzilla movie ever has had you know unique set of characters and very little you know very few examples of like characters crossing over like it would be one thing if like if it was like, oh, 
uh, this ki- you know this person's playing Miki, so we kind of know. Oh, okay, we're gonna get the Miki mm, stuff. But right. it's like we just there's no like real like sense of like any character has to be any type of character. So that's kind of what's always kind of tougher about this in the sense of like yes, it is a property that, but it does feature mostly original cast and characters, and you know it's not like we have a source material to really start speculating on. And, and Lord knows, even if we did, like when we when we've speculated about the Marvel movies, like how wrong we've always been about them. Well, but you you do make a good point, especially like when you bring up the superhero movies, because even when there's casting news, like it'll be around like, like for instance, like when they were talking about like uh, Thor: Love and Thunder coming out, like there were the reports that. Christian Bale eyed to play the villain yeah. uh, of the movie. And then and usually sometimes when they give like that type of information, it kind of ultimately ends up being right to a certain degree that yeah. like now you know they may play a switcheroo where he's like a villain up until the third act until they reveal the real villain like yeah, you know yeah, it's yeah. like that. But like you're right and I, and I think it's half because I, I think some of it obviously is maybe that information's not as much craved for a Godzilla right. film, well, but like, yeah. but when you look at the cast, other than like Alexander Skarsgård's character, who that information comes up maybe because he was just feeling like, oh, I don't mind sharing the the, the information, but it's not like you're like, oh, Brian Tyree Henry, Henry's uh, cast as the villain, like you know, so right, yeah, you don't really get a sense of like, mm-hmm. well, any of these characters could be a villain character, right? And and it's, yeah, it's also not as if like we have the uh, the villains from Kong's, uh, from not Kong's Skull Island, they they could they could be really old and dead. Um, the villains from King of the Monsters coming back, like, yeah, there's no it would sense be different of, if like Charles Dance was well, like, well, can, and, and then we could kind of be like, oh, Charles Dance is coming back, maybe he'll do something with that Ghidorah head he found in the post credit, you know, like that sort of thing. Mm. Or if it was like, oh, like Ford's coming back, so like, oh, like what's his role? In-? You know, it's like one of those things. Like even like for Marvel, like when we do Inhuman, or uh, in, like, not Inhumans, uh, uh, Eternals, Eternals, yeah, you know, even like that where it's like we have this whole you know cast and it's like oh well here are all the eternals characters and like we don't really know like you know people don't really know anything about those eternal characters but we kind of kind of place like oh angelina jolie is playing like this one Mm -hmm. and it's also i think too i mean the other very much thing is like it really isn't like there's like huge stars like among the cast so you can't really say oh this person you know like when you cast like angelina jolie in eternal it's like you know she's like one of the main roles right where it's like these are like very much like the roles of like yeah you kind of know scour's guy but like rebecca hall could easily be a very major part of the movie or could easily be like another lance reddick type of role and we don't even know if lance reddick has a really small role in the and movie. i mean and, the, and 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 to be fair like these are these are good actors i'm not saying they're not stuff, good yeah. actors but it's just like there's a difference between like having like Rebecca Hall in the movie and and having you know even like Brie Larson at that well, point. Like for too. instance, like and I know I'm bringing up again, but Brian Tyree Henry he could play like he could play the villain. He could play Skarsgård's best friend who's on like the mainland, or he could play like the captain of the ship that they're transport. You know, he could play yeah. any of those roles right. well, it's just like, to any varying degrees of like really, prevalence like, It's like the there's film. no like real like Tom Hiddleston type of actor, I think, in this movie where you're thinking like, that's like the star and that's definitely going to be a major role. Mm-hmm. Like any, like all these are good actors that have put on great like and fun performances in other films, but it very much is like without really knowing anything specifically any one of those actors could have a major role or like a relatively minor role. Um, the the one thing about the story, though, I will say, because like some set photos have come out for some reason, I do kind of always like dig like the set photos of the uh, of 
of these movies mm-hmm. only because you really like it, it really sparks my imagination of like ooh what's that going to be because it's not like you know like a superhero movie where like oh you're seeing like this person in their costume and they're with another character and you're like oh um can't wait to see that person square off with this person because like so much of these movies are like the stuff you really want to see literally can't be seen until the movie is done like you can't like you're never going to see like like a kong foot like on, on the set so it's i'm always like oh there's like a little village like oh i can't wait to see like what that village is but um some of the set photos like there was of um Alexander Skarsgård's character and Gonzalez's gun, uh, character on a place that I assume is uh, Skull Island. Um, but um, the other one that was more telling to me was Millie Bobby Brown and Julian uh, Dennison um, from Hunt for the Wilder People and Deadpool 2. Um, he's like the kid. Yeah. Um, and uh, they share, they're, they're sharing scenes together. So that makes me think that maybe that this film is kind of like split into two kind of like plot lines. Mm-hmm. Like if I had to guess, like, yeah. and which would kind of make sense. Cause you know, especially like if there is a skull Island, when you think about like converging these two movies, Godzilla, and it depends on what like the world is going to be. Like if you had to guess, like what are you expecting is like the world. I can't imagine like it's going to open up and it's like humanity's being terrorized by monsters. No. Or I, is it just like this, uneasy relationship about living in this new ecosystem. That would be the more interesting angle. Just based on the end of uh, King of the Monsters, I definitely feel like it's going to be sort of a sense of like people definitely are enjoying kind of some of the, you know, there's certain people that enjoy the new splendor, but there's other people that are more wary of just like these monsters can turn on us at any, right. Any time, you know, sort of thing. Um, Especially with, I mean, it kind of starts making sense with the two plot lines because you can definitely imagine Millie Bobby Brown already has a connection to Godzilla. Mm-hmm. So definitely she's kind of off searching for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, or just living in, because Godzilla's this, world is essentially now this new ecosystem. Right. Whereas you have like this Kong, Kong Skull Island world. But I definitely think, again, it's like, the, the it won't centralize the Skull Island. Eventually this stuff will move away from Skull Island, mm-hmm. which is again why I think that the idea is going to be moving Kong away from the island, especially because within the world that we establish in Kong Skull Island, you know, Kong is very much a a, a, a a giant ape who wants to stay home. Like that, like Kong's like, there's no real reason for him to King Kong escapes. Um, I don't even think that's what happens in that movie. I don't know. We'll probably watch it at some point. Um, but like you know, he's someone who likes the King Kong live at home. Oh God, <laughs> um, son of son of a cock. <laughs> I mean, really, it's like this ain't Kong two thousand and five. <laughs> this is you know, this is Kong in a world of okay, monsters. Okay, all right, all right, all right, all right. Um, so um, late uh, twenty eighteen November, the movie starts filming in Hawaii and Australia, and um, production is underway. And um, over that time, course of time, we got a um, bunch of different updates about this from Lingard saying this is where we are in the movie. Um, and then it's kind of been like really nothing notable about the production. Uh, there were some reshoots that they had to do. Um, I think that there was because of the eventual delay that happened of yeah. the eight months, which we have covered on the podcast. There was some kind of sense that, oh, there were going to be major reshoots. And to my knowledge and everything I've heard about it um, from 
people I know, and then also just kind of what people have said about it, that it really wasn't like a major reshoot type of situation. Just like the normal reshoots. There were normal reshoots, but there's nothing about the delay in the project that was like, we have to... I have I have heard no evidence that right. and I and I've heard it from people I trust that there has been no evidence of like oh like there was like a major reason yeah why and there's there's that. been no real like true reports of it and it, the other thing about it like just in the way that Kong is and, and Kong versus Godzilla like uh, Godzilla versus Kong though the, the, the situation it was in is one of those things where we weren't going to hear a lot about it because we had another movie in this franchise coming out. That was always the thing where it's like we kind of knew it was shooting. We kind of knew cast and, you know, and, and things going on. Some some occasional updates from the director. And again, these these words from from some of the cast. But we also was like, you're not going to start promoting Kong versus Godzilla when you had King of the Monsters still coming out. That was kind of always what we were waiting for. And then it was very much like, oh, well, once King of the Monsters come out, then we'll hear about the Kong stuff. That was kind of always... You know the the narrative that was like what because that was normal that was like that's what happens when you're making these franchises and these interconnected universes is that you're kind of waiting for you know the new one to come out and then then you start off on the next one after that. Um, one thing I did want to mention, go back to real quick, was uh, Doherty actually talked a little bit about the little bit of um, writing a connection that he did do for the movie, um, and he talked a little bit about the relationship between Godzilla and Kong. Um, and he says, because Kong is a little close to human, he's a primate as we are, he's allowed to show a slightly larger range of emotions. We expect those very unique and even warm bonding moments between Kong and human beings. That goes back to the 1933 film uh, where he was never strictly a monster. There was always a very human side to him in the ways that he interacts with us. That was a joy to write. With Godzilla, that's not expected. That's not to say that you can't do it, but any kind of bond between Godzilla and humans was usually just more implied, so you rarely get to see Godzilla's softer side. So that makes me, especially because I think that maybe Doherty reserved a lot of that bonding with Godzilla for his film. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that... The more and more I hear from this film, the more I get the sense that it will favor Kong side of things. I, I just, for some reason, get the sense that, like, you know, and and again, I and I, I kind of even just go back to my logic of you end a King of the Monsters with him becoming the King of the Monsters. Like the big money shot is that he wins at the end of the day. So, like, what are you going to have two movies where Godzilla just like roars above a body? And I mean. He's just Kong now. Uh, that's a good point. You, I mean, this could be the moment that he becomes King Kong. That's true. That is really true. I didn't think about it that way. I mean, I just didn't realize it until we, we were just talking about it now. I still feel like it'll be... I kind of get the sense that Kong is going to win. Yes. But I also don't know if it's going to be, and again, in the way that people expect. I don't know if it's going to be like... Kong wins at the end of the movie and stands tall. I could see it being the thing where, yeah, we're going to have a winner where like Kong wins like the end of, you know, the end of second act fight where like, you know, they were pitted against each other and then, you know, something else happens and there's like another bigger threat that they have to deal with. I think I could see that definitely as a possibility. Mm-hmm. Um, and still like you would have like Kong as a, you know, superior at the end possibly, but 
Um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm agreeing with you where I think that if you had to crown a winner of the fight, it's probably going to be Well, because I, I, I do think that the ex- it's going to be one of those things, like, I think the general populace, you know, will maybe be on Kong's side because, again, especially an American audience, it's just that I think, you know, King Kong is sort of the America monster. Like, that's just the right. way we, we've established it. Um, and I think that you're going to get audiences on the side of Kong, especially because he's so sympathetic in Kong Skull Island, if they kind of continue that route. Um, but I also think that an audience is going to just expect Godzilla to win because it's like his franchise. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree with you. Um, and then as we wrap up, the last thing is like getting into 2020. And uh, this is where like all the craziness uh, yeah. really starts. The, well, mo- the movie was supposed to come out yeah. uh, originally slated for, um, well, it was kind of got moved twice because it was originally slated for like, wasn't it like it got moved to March 2020. Yeah, it got moved up. Like it, it was kind of it, it kind of got moved into like the same range. Like it, it switched its dates. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then like then came like the, the ultimate move, and- right? Because it like I thought it like maybe moved up. It did mm-hmm. uh, to from the summer, right? Or like was was the original date was like kind of the summer ish up to March, twenty twenty. And then it got moved yes, back. Because I remember us talking about that we thought it may fare better earlier in the year than a summer slot. Because yeah. that, w- that was mm-hmm. something that we attributed to King of the Monsters. Right, uh, yeah. And- so it moved up to March 2020 and then got delayed to November. And again, that was not a, a COVID-related delay. That was a general, we need more time in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, or we, whatever it was. And again, the the thing that comes about that is we really only have again that one single drawing of the movie <laughs> uh, that was in May thir- that was revealed on May thirtieth of um of uh, twenty nineteen. Yeah, uh, it was at, at the Las Vegas Licensing Expo, which I also think was that also where we got like the little that the little image. Like the video, the, the leaked image, or it just like the leak, like it is now a gif. Like you can get it as a gif, yeah. where it's like the punching uh, uh, on on the on the tanker on, on the tanker. Yeah, which I don't know if you've gone online, but people have not animated, but but some people have actually like a- animated like a CG like more polished version mm-hmm. of just that moment with maybe a few uh, seconds of handles on each side. Which I'm like, I love fandom sometimes. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, but with the uh, tagline, one will fall. Yes. Um, and it's like, and again, I think the only other thing is that recently we've started to get sort of the, you know, sort of the listings for like comics and books and art ofs. And- yeah. So this is kind of like where the big kind of confusion comes in. And, and this is something that has been brought to our attention on the podcast is that there's a lot of ancillary material related to the movie and the release dates are all over the place. To some degree, it is expected because there have been like ancillary materials for other movies, like for like Star Wars or Marvel or other things that, especially if you're relating it to Amazon, Amazon's always not the most reliable about like what the definitive date is. Oh, because the thing is, is like it, it can easily move right. too because a lot of that stuff is very much like there's a part of it that's like, automated like you know they put this in like months before um uh where it's like okay we are gonna release this on this day um and then they can easily get edited um through that the other thing i would say is that um i think there's definitely kind of 
two sides of it because there's like some of the novel and book stuff that I saw is like, you know, maybe coming out earlier. And then, you know, there's an art of book that I think was, was slated for next year. Um, one thing I would say is that anything that really does have like true movie spoilers, I would say like an art of book probably would be released later regardless. I don't know about that. I, I think sometimes they're a little bit more forgiving on art of books. So it just depends on, on yeah. the company. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, cause I know like, like the star Wars stuff would be coming out like right as or right after the movie. But I also know that there's some books, like some of the Pixar art ofs come out way after the movie. That's true. Uh, yeah. And well, some of the other stuff comes out right before. Like It's just like, there's no really consistency. And I, I don't know the legacy of the, the Godzilla and those it, art books specifically. It really depends on if something in the movie is like something that they're really trying to keep secret. Like the King of the Monsters one, um, that, well, I think, I think that did come out. Did that come out later? But I just know just from re- reading and going through it, there's nothing really in the book that's like, oh, this is like a huge spoiler from the movie because yeah. really it's just like, here's all the concept art for all the monsters that you knew were in this movie. Like mm-hmm. you already know that Mothra, Rodan, and Ghidorah are in this movie and most of it is just like, this is all the art that right, we did yeah. to achieve those. So it, it wasn't as much of a spoiler. Uh, but one of the things that we did get more recent announcements of are some of the ancillary like tie-in uh, novels and comics. Um, let's see. Uh, it was revealed that we would get uh, two separate uh, prequel novels. Um, there would be one focused from the point of view of Godzilla and another from the point of view of Kong. And uh, we will also be getting a... Uh, Let's see, a graphic novel from Kong's point of view um, featuring, and I've been waiting a long time to finally talk about this because it, it, I always felt bad that we never brought it up, but Legendary has introduced a, a new monster within its canon. Uh, I don't know if we'll see it on screen, but uh, it is the giant bat monster, Kamazots. Have you have you heard I've of Kamazots? I've not heard about this. You haven't heard of Kamazots? Kamazots is... Kamazots is a giant monster bat from Mayan times. Okay. Like, like in an Abira sense where it's just a giant bat? Uh, no, he's kind of... Or is like, it like a Mothra sense where they He's kind of got like a little... I'm showing Nick a picture. Okay, kind so... Kind of like a Batra sense. Yeah, there, there, there's... I was about to say, there's definitely a Batra kind of influence, I feel like, there. Well, uh, Kamazots was actually introduced uh, from... Um, on one of the many legendary panels, um, there are friends at legendary uh, panels um, introduced as like, oh, this is like a, a monster that we may be introducing. And it was always like one of those that Kaiju Twitter was like, oh, Kamazots, where's Kamazots going to show up? And it looks like Kamazots is actually going to be showing up in this Kong graphic novel as a Kong villain. And um, it's going to kind of have that like, oh, it was like a monster that was, um, uh, that was, uh, prophesized from Mayan times and is now reawakened and is going to fight Kong, at least in this like story. So, um, I mean, I think I mean, what I'm kind of getting, it's very interesting that there is a tie-in novel from that Godzilla perspective or Godzilla-centric, um, but I'm very interested to see kind of what these Kong um, novels and graphic novels are, mostly because, again, you are going to have a whole history to play with. You're going to have, you know, that's the one that's more interesting. Everything to me. from the 1970s to now, and I'm, sh- you know, obviously they're going to play lip- some lip service to it. Um, you know, Monarch will have its files maybe on like, you know, oh yeah, that would be a kind of a cool way to do it though, where it's like we have to go find like Reverse oh. and 
like to talk about it. Oh, that'd be funny. Like, oh, just bring up a just bring up a cool viral marketing campaign again. Bring bring back the old Cloverfield days. Yeah. Um, but I, just, but I actually think it, I I I think. Because I feel that I'm all caught up on the Godzilla end of things, and that's why I think it's cool that we're gonna get at least get this graphic yeah. novel, uh, where because it's similar to the graphic novels they've been doing for the legendary movies, where again you don't have to read any of the graphic novels. I I just have, um, and they do kind of fill in. Not I I wouldn't even say fill in. It was just kind of like it connects a dot. Well, yeah, and that, but that's kind of the thing is that especially with because with uh you know between. King of the Monsters, or between Godzilla and King of the Monsters, you know, you didn't really, there wasn't too many dots to truly connect. Like, no. you, you definitely were going to get to that point. You can introduce characters and concepts, but you could, like, it's one of those things where there's not, you know, there's not inherently a story to tell between those two movies. Obviously, you can tell a story between those two movies, but there's not one that, like, oh, this is, like, we ha- would we would have to do this. Yeah. Where it's like, the Kong stuff, it's like, again, you don't necessarily have to give us his whole, you know, you don't have to go through the whole history of, like, what was happening on Skull Island between, you know, the 1970s and now. But you do have a lot of room to play with in in terms of, you know, kind of that history. So it's like, that's why it's just like you want to gravitate towards those because it's going to be interesting to see what they show. You know, because again, in the movie, it's not like they're going to go through that whole history either. They'll probably, again, do give you an important, here's what Kong is, here's what we know about Kong from the movie-verse, um, but these graphic novels can really just be fun little stories that well, that, that kind of connect the, the two. These tie-ins, I always like to call them kind of like spiritual tie-ins because, and they kind of like play that fifty-fifty rule where it's like, oh, fifty part of this actually could fit into the movies, and fifty percent of this really can't because they'll do things like in the godzilla franchise where they'll be like oh they're introducing you to the russell family and then they're introducing you like this is their relationship with monarch and a lot of that tracks into the movie on the other hand they also show like monarch has been like kind of side by side with godzilla as he's fought all these other monsters which are like well the movies don't really give me the sense that that was happening right uh so but they're still fun they're 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 always uh still pretty fun to read but i do like the kong side of things only because i do feel like you're catching up on kong i do like that they are continuing at least from legendary's point of view they're continuing to give kong a mythos Mm -hmm. uh in the same way because it's like all right like godzilla has all his enemies and it's kind of nice that they're trying to give him his little rival uh, other than the skull crawlers, but the biggest thing because we have seen some panels from Kong uh, from the Kong graphic novel, yeah, and it has settled. It possibly settled. It still is yet to be determined. Kong Beardgate <laughs> does that's the most important question, and I think it may be the most important question. Not when will this movie come out, Nick? Not what will happen in this movie. The most important question is. Does Kong have a beard? You're aware of this, right? Yes. I, I, yeah. yes. Uh, <laughs> now, it's it seemingly more evidence than not has pointed to Kong will have a beard. Yeah. He's he's seen sporting a beard in this graphic novel. Um, that little bit of video we see, there's the hint of a beard yeah. in there. And there have been sketches of him with a beard yeah. in, in concept art. Where do you stand on Kong Beardgate, Nick? I mean, the evidence is lining up to the fact that it could be true. But also, I mean, he could go through some, you know, maybe his beard could get set on fire in the graphic novel and like it like it's shaved off in Cam- some way. Kamazot's like 
just tears it off. Right. Like, yeah. Or like there could be some like form of ape shaving. We don't know. Right. Right. It's just like maybe maybe it, it, you know COVID's going on. It's quarantine on Kong on Skull Island. Like he can't get out. I'm, He's being responsible. My thing is when it, I'm always about what is in the movie, what is in the trailer. Sure. Sure. I'm always like because. We've seen it time and time again of just like we take a look at some concept art or a poster or or whatever it may be and we we've determined the whole movie and we've determined everything about this character and then it really once until we see it in motion everything's on the table still that's all I'm saying now again like you can have your evidence and the, you definitely have a lot of evidence pointing towards the beard but it's just at the end of the day, it's nothing's confirmed until it's confirmed. Do you, do you want to see the beard, though? I've seen it. No, but do you? No, not like oh. now. It's oh, like, I've w- seen w- it. Would you want to see him sport a beard in the movie? I think it actually would be kind of a cool, I think like, it would aesthetic be, choice. It would be different, and I think it just would establish again that this Kong is its own thing, um, because really, like, and at some point we will definitely go through a number of the uh, the King Kong films. But in generally speaking, Kong has always been the the same right. sort of look. Like, obviously, you know, the effects have changed. Well, it is interesting because that's what strikes to me is, like, that would be kind of like a, like a new look yeah. that you could apply to it without redesigning the type of ape and that it, he it is. And honestly, it kind of goes into what we've heard in these quotes about kong having a more human side mm-hmm. like that's it kind of does go hand and in being hand rugged and, and being older. rugged or older and 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 all that sort of stuff and it you know it, i think it would be very interesting to see in motion i would just be very curious the the seed like it in a cg big environment right. i think that's really kind of the thing because it's also something where like the other thing about it too is like, yes, he may have a beard, but you know, in terms of a drawing, it might be more pronounced in the art of the novel than really like appears in kind of the photorealistic version you see on screen. Like right. it could be much more pronounced in a drawn style too. That's true. That 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 that's absolutely true. And that kind of brings us up to date on uh, right Godzilla versus uh, on uh, yeah. So Godzilla I mean, it's Kong. really it's just like now is the wait for for news. It's the wait for an actual trailer. It's the wait for you know confirmation of a release date, move or non move. Like that's really like all it is at this point. And I don't, I really don't think we're going to get an answer un- honestly until movies start coming. Like if movies start going back to theaters. Like if Mulan and Wonder Woman hit their, uh, you know, July and August dates, then we're gonna start seeing all that stuff start to ramp up again because you know, the movies that are out front, you know, the, the, those two movies are gonna be like they're gonna have the toughest time. The rest of them that are in November are gonna have the the easier time of like, okay, we're rebuilding up the momentum. You know, here's again, new trailers yeah. and, and all this sort of stuff, and, and like we're really not gonna know about Kong's fate in terms of a release date until movies start coming out again. And mm-hmm. I, I feel that. I don't think we're going to... The earliest we will know of a move for Kong is like late July, early August. That's the earliest we're going to know. In terms of the actual release date, um, I I don't know. I'm not attached to it. Like I just like it's, emotionally can't be. It doesn't, like, but then I also think, like, like again, like these other movies moving there just put it in the spot because 
it's, not all those movies can come out in November. Well, like there's so many of those movies coming my out. My thing now. about it is, well, it's one of the two things are going to happen. Some of those are like it's either everybody's going to just accept that they're going to make a little less money. We're, we don't want to keep you know pushing them for the the money. We'll make our money somewhere down the road. That's a possibility of just like all these movies come out in November, December, and they're just like this is when they're coming out. There's like nothing else we here, can do. Here, here's here's the thing I'd ask you as we wrap up. Do you think that because part of my part of me was thinking like I'm really I'm still super curious at what they're actually going to do for like the digital Comic Con weekend because I know they're going to do something yes. for that for that weekend right because it's because that's it. honestly that's another thing that is important to note is that uh i mean like comic-con in terms of the actual film stuff i think has kind of also been in that up and down way sure. recently we're gonna like nowadays like you know last year comic-con you weren't really getting that many like exclusive you know it's like exclusive footage you had announcements but it's not really like a lot of times now it's like oh here's a trailer and it's still out the next day right um but Comic-Con is still would have been a great place for a lot of these studios to like re-ramp up things or what announcements would have been made at Comic-Con. I mean, and, and it still could be a good time to release trailers and everything. Right, because, uh, you know, like Evo, the fighting game tournament, probably going to have trailers even though they've gone online as well. Right. Um, I think that's still an interesting point because that's still like July-ish. Um, you know, it's still around that same weekend that Comic-Con would have been. Is I think when yeah I actually when they're scheduled to I would do be that. a little bit surprised just if movies in general didn't start releasing trailers during that weekend. I think Jul- I think July is when you're going to start seeing like the movies start to re ramp up things. Oh, um, yeah. but, uh, but I mean the onus is on Kong because it's like at this point the movies that moved from March and April and May to November December they're just not going to move. I-, I cannot imagine them moving Black Widow again. Or or no time to die again unless things get really bad again. Sure, which sure. Like unless like we get to November and it's like we've got another pandemic on our hands. Well, yeah. I mean, it's really like my if we're talking about like the greater issues. I think that's really dependent on like you, we would have to get a collective. All right, yeah, no, things are really bad or whatever. Yeah. But it's like, but it's just like the movies that move from March, April, May to those dates. They're not going to move again if now, they can't help but, it. But going back to just the point was that, you know, and I said it's kind of been a blessing in disguise that there has been no marketing for it, which I know, you know, it's kind of frustrating, but, you know, they don't have, they didn't have a marketing that they're going to have to re-ramp up that a lot of other of these movies have. Yeah. So it's kind of like they can kind of like stealthily move. Now, my question, the question I was going to ask, though, is that, I feel like we're not going to get a trailer until they're confident of this is the date we're coming out. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I just think like that when that trailer comes out, they know that they're either keeping that date or they've moved it and that's the date that it's coming out. Yes. I, I, that would be my guess. That would be my guess too. Um, because there's really – the thing is, is like there's no reason to put stuff out if you're not sure. Because mm-hmm. the – again, it's like – I know everybody's craving information and just wants something new. And we're seeing it in sports and we're seeing it in movies that people just want something to latch on to. But at the same time, even those movies that have been delayed, not like they're doing anything with those movies either because there's no point. Oh, they're, no. Well, I mean, but, but I'm just saying that. Like, but think about this, this general advertisement and stuff. Like, I 
would assume that we would have already gotten like an Eternals trailer. Like just right, thinking like, of other cause, movies, because if like Black Widow would have come out, yeah, you would have definitely got like an Eternals trailer. Like the either, Mar- the next Marvel movies trailer is usually either not too far like in front of or behind right. whenever the current one is. Yeah, so that's just to give a sense that like, and when you really think about it, when's the last time you've seen a trailer for a new movie coming out? Like, I feel like they don't even want to market the movie. No, but that, right but again, because there's no point. You're right. Because because even if you're saying, oh, here's our new movie you know, coming out now, or our old new movie coming out now, like, if they put out another, like, a new No Time to Die trailer, which they don't need to, but if, like, they did, it just would get, it would get lost in the ether, because there's, it's not like we're gonna be, you know, it's something to look forward to, but there's really, oh, no reason to put it, there's just no oh, reason to put it out. There is a sense of, I mean, the Tenet trailer came out, and I get it, like, it's kind of like, oh, this is exciting, like, you know, kind of, like, you know, give us, like, something to look forward to, but there... I have to be honest, there is a sense of like, okay, yeah, I mean, like whenever we can go back to movies, well, I guess this is that's the thing meaningful. too. It's like, I mean, as funny as it was, I mean, that Tenant trailer, whole that's a whole thing in of itself. But it is actually, as funny as it is, it's super interesting that again, the end of that trailer is just like coming to theaters. Because again, very Nolan thing to do is like, you know, the only way you're seeing this movie is in theaters but it very is, it's like, they're not, they're not committing to a release date right. for that movie. You know, and it's like, it's still interesting because, like, you still have those early, like, the Mulan and Wonder Woman are still in that those earliest slots, you know, late July, August oh, type yeah. of deal. And, you know, it's... Nobody wants to market a movie unless it's, like, a Netflix movie right now or if it's, like, it's coming to VOD next right. week. Right. Because, and, and, and again, because those are things that people can be excited. Like, it's just, like, the, you're not going to market Mulan for that July date no. and then it moves again or you're not gonna you're not gonna do like No Time to Die that's crazy Milan didn't come out it was really close it was that, that was the movie that was right on the edge yeah it, it was, was like, right on yeah. the edge of like that is, it was uh, we, time they, they, time has been weird um, but it, I mean and they, uh, the, the thing is there's no reason for anybody to put any marketing out there until they're confident yeah because again, it's just gonna get lost. Mm. We would, we would, we'd have the Kong versus Godzilla trailer, and we would be talking about it for like a week, and then we wouldn't know the release date, or you know, things are still moving, things are still weird in the world, and it would just get lost, and you would just maybe watch it another yeah. two or three times. <sighs> no, no, no sense in getting excited about going to the movies but it, quite yet. It but it's interesting. It's just the going through all this information on the movie. It is, it's just is very interesting just really how little we truly know about it like it really is just like i mean there's some interesting puzzle pieces definitely there's definitely things that start connecting especially yeah. as things start coming out and you know potential toys and all that sort of stuff too oh that was the biggest thing thank you reminded me of that this is going to be the first of the legendary line that will have a um funko toy line to it there's been no funko po- uh no that's not true there was one for um there was one for Kong Skull Island of Kong. And I know there's probably listeners out there that there yes, there have been leaks for the for Kong uh, or Godzilla versus Kong. I've not looked into them and for all of our audiences that don't really want to like pay attention to leaks, we're not going to talk about them. Yeah, I mean the thing is like, I get a sense of probably what they're about, honestly. Um but the I'm always in terms of leaks. They're out there if you want to find them. Yeah. We're not in the business of doing that no but the only reason i don't want to mention them is because 
and again, I I don't know how credible like the, they That's are, not- but there's enough there there. There's one too many dots to connect that I'm just kind of comfortable. Like, let me not even touch it. That's my thing about leaks, um, especially within, like, listen, certain things. Like, if the Smash Brothers DLC leaked, maybe I'll I'll take a click. Other things, I'm just like, it's just again, I've heard all the leaks for all the Marvel movies and what has been true and what hasn't been true and what's been on ComicBook.com and all this sort of nonsense. And the thing is, is like. Nothing is confirmed until Legendary confirms it. So to spend time talking about leaks that are possibly true um, or leaks that are possibly false, you know, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just a guy, especially with movies. It's like when it's official, it's official. I'm just a guy, especially with movies. Um, So anyway, so can't go out to the theater right now, but you can stay inside and watch Netflix, possibly some Godzilla related material such as, the infamous Godzilla anime trilogy, which will be our next Godzilla-centric episodes. All month, next month, uh, we're taking both episodes to dive deep into the anime trilogy, so stay tuned and for that. We'll, we'll and you'll find a way to split those up. Yeah, no, we'll, I, we'll, we'll do it. Listen, but I'm sure there'll be more Kong discussion in the future of this podcast as well. Not oh, just yeah. on the movie, whenever we get information, but... There's a lot of possible Kong material we could definitely dive into, and a lot of stuff that I would like to dive. Too much Kong material to dive into, so definitely, definitely looking forward to those days. But our our next time you will hear us, um, we'll be going to the peak. We will be talking about uh, peak Brosnan, um, as I lovely put it. It's I've, almost as if this podcast will peak. Go on, we got, we got to get at least three more three more peak puns yeah. in there. Uh, music peaked with Lincoln Park. No, that's not that's not a good one. That was that wasn't a good one. We had three good ones in a row, and then you no. just like forced one. Also, it's we're watching Dante's Peak. Yeah, Jesus. We're gonna talk about the disaster genre. Disaster. <laughs> Will it be the peak of disaster All right, films? J- let's wrap this up. Come on, come on. It's it's late. I mean, let's you go. know, you would, uh, there's no plugs to do. No, no, it's not. Um, but you see, yeah. So um. Yeah, Dante's Peak is our next movie. We're gonna be talking about Pierce Brosnan, and um, so, all right, um, we're we're done. Good night, everybody. Hey, have a good time out there. Be safe. Be healthy. <laughs>